are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I was driving down one of the main through fairs and looked over and on the corner I saw something I'd never seen before. I saw side by side two house foundations on which was built nothing. They didn't look the same. One of those foundations looked so clean and new. And one foundation had the marks of a fire and still a little bit of charred wood lying around it. I got out of the car and walked over and I saw this foundation on which no house had ever been built. And then I saw this foundation where a house had once been built. And I said to myself, if I had my choice, I'd rather be the house that was burned than the house that was never built. I walked in that little house on the, on the foundation of what would have been a house, but nobody ever built it. And I walked to where I thought the kitchen would have been, and I said, nobody ever enjoyed a meal in this house. But in the house that was burned, many a time they enjoyed a meal. I walked through the house, and I said to the first, uh, the first one on the foundation, I said, nobody's ever said I love you inside this house. This house has never sheltered anybody from the storm or the howling winds. This house has never held the back, the, 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 the blast of the hurricanic winds. And this house has never kept people dry from the storms at night and safe from the, from, from the uh, tornadoes. This house has never done so. This house has never housed anybody. Nobody ever slept in this house. Nobody ever ate in this house. And I said, bless God, I had 10,000 times rather be the house that was than the house that never was. And you little never-wasers criticizing these used-to-beers make me sick at my stomach. Larry Chapel baptized more in a year than some of you deadheads have in a lifetime. You give me the fellow who did it for a while and yet something happened. He had to leave the army and leave the battle. Rather these little drugstore cowboys that spend their lives gossiping and spreading ill. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not. Tell the good news and don't publish the bad. Little girl was in a hospital. True story. Out east. One morning, she was bad, very bad sick. One morning, a nurse came by. She said, good morning, nurse. Nurse said, I. She said, good morning, nurse. The nurse said, I. Little girl looked at the nurse and said, nurse, you must not have heard the good news. You must not have heard the good news. The nurse said, what good news? She said, did you hear the good news that Jesus got born? Because if you'd heard the good news that Jesus got born, you wouldn't be so crabby this morning. Did you hear the good news? Did you hear the good news that Jesus got born? Did you hear the good news that the promised seed of Genesis 3.15 did come? Did you hear the good news that happened in Bethlehem of Micah 5.2? Did you hear the good news? He was born of a virgin of Isaiah 7, 14. Did you hear the good news? 
the virgin-born Savior did come, God incarnate. Did you hear the good news? He lived for 33 years on this earth, filled full and fulfilled the law of God, and never sinned and never had an evil thought in his mind, never walked a wicked path, never took what he shouldn't have taken, never trod a path he shouldn't have trodden, never had something he shouldn't have had, never thought something he shouldn't have thought. And did you hear the good news? After 33 years of filling full and fulling filled the law of God, he went to Calvary and took your sins and mine upon him on the cross and bore in his body your sins and mine. Why don't you sit at McDonald's and talk about that? Why don't you long-tongued sisters pick up the telephone and gossip about the good news for a while? Did you hear the good news? Did you hear the good news? They laid him in Joseph's borrowed tomb that Wednesday afternoon. Did you hear the good news? After three days and three nights, death could not keep him. Satan could not conquer him. The grave could not hold him. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. Did you hear the good news? Lifted his hands on the mountain and ascended back to the Father. Did you hear the good news? He's sitting on the right hand of God at this very moment, interceding for you and for me. It just looks like we ought to have enough good news to publish not the bad news. You hear the good news. Someday he's going to come in the clouds of glory. You hear the good news. Someday the angel's going to shout. The trump of God's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise. Those of us who are living and remain coming of the Lord <coughs> shall join them as we're taken up to the air, and so shall we ever be with Jesus. Did you hear the good news? We'll sit at the marriage of the Lamb and eat the heavenly food of the marriage of the Lamb with our blessed Savior. Did you hear the good news? We'll receive our crowns at the judgment seat of Christ. Did you hear the good news? We'll throw those crowns at Jesus' feet and say blessing and honor and glory and majesty and power be unto him. For thou alone art worthy to receive honor and glory and power. Hey, did you hear the good news? We're going to saddle white horses and come back to the earth with our captain and Jesus shall ascend the royal stairway of Mount Zion and shall rule and reign where'er the sun does his successive journeys run. His kingdom spread from shore to shore till moon shall wax and wane no more. Hey, did you hear the good news? Years ago, I first went to Hammond. Had to borrow some money from a banker there. Went down to the bank. I said to the banker, I'd like to borrow some money. He said, Reverend Howes, you've got a good credit rating. How much you need? I said, $5,000. $5,000 in those days, that's 30 some odd years ago, would be equivalent to half a million dollars now. I'm sorry, 50,000 now. He said, Reverend, what kind of security do you have? I said, my word. I, I don't mean that. He said, what, what, what's your collateral for this loan? I said, my signature. He said, Reverend, it would be very irregular for us to let anybody borrow $5,000 on an unsecured loan. I said, it's not unsecured. I'm telling you, I'll pay it, and I'll sign I'll pay it, and there's not enough collateral in the city of Hammond, Indiana, that can be as good security as my word is. He said, well, it would be irregular for us to do so. I said, could I borrow an irregular $5,000? He said, Reverend, I hate to tell you this, but I cannot let you have the $5,000. I said, okay, Buster, that does it. Because I want to tell you something right now, Mr. Bank President. When I take over this bank, 
I'll see to it you starve. He said, when you do what? I said, you heard what I said. When I take over this bank, you'll starve. He said, just when do you plan to take over this bank? He jumped to his feet and started doing like that. When a big shot does like that or like that, he's nervous then. He said, just when do you plan to take over this bank? I said, during the millennium, that's when. He said, during the millennium, I said, the millennium. He said, Reverend, what in the world is the millennium? I said, you get your vice presidents and your secretaries and your bank officials and sit down around that conference table over there, and I'll show you what the millennium is, and I'll show you when I'm going to take this bank over. He got all the vice presidents. They went in that little room over there. He got his secretaries. He at the other end of the table, and little old hellfire and damnation Baptist. You folks are listening real well down here, aren't you? And little old-fashioned hellfire and damnation Baptist preacher taught on the millennium. I turned Revelation 20, Isaiah 11, uh, Zechariah 14, Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 11, and taught about the time when Jesus would be king in Jerusalem with the capital of the whole world. Little children would play at the hole of the cockatrice den. A person dies at a hundred, it'll be like an infant dying. I told him about a time when men will beat their swords and plowshares and their spears and their pruning hooks. I told him about the time when, when we would rule and reign with him. And I said, Mr. Bank President, let you hear me carefully right now. I said, the Bible says that some Christians shall rule over ten cities and some five cities and some two cities. But I've asked God for one city, and that's Hammond, Indiana. And when I take over this city, I'm becoming president of this bank. And I'll sit there where you're sitting, and you'll stand here where I'm standing, and you'll walk in and say, Reverend, can I borrow some money? And I'll say, how much money? And you'll say $5,000. And I'll say, it'd be irregular to let you borrow $5,000. What is your security? And you'll say, my signature. And I'll say, what is your, what is your uh, uh, collateral? Thank you. I'll stay out of my preaching. <laughs> Ain't no woman tells me what to preach. Except one, she has a license to. I'll say, Mr. President, you'll say to me, I want to borrow $5,000. I said, Mr. President, I'll say, no, you can't have $5,000. And I said, I'll see to it when I sit there and you stand here. I'll see to it you starve. I said, you'll starve. Did you hear me? You'll starve. He jumped to his feet. He beat his desk like that. He said to his secretary, quick, write Reverend Howell's a check for $5,000. And I walked out of that store, that bank, with a $5,000 check. Why? Because I'm a child of God on my way to heaven. I'm saying there's enough good news to fit your life as long as you live. Publish not the bad news. Did you hear the good news? Did you hear the news that after the end of that kingdom, he's going to deliver up the kingdom to the Father? And I, John, saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Did you hear the good news? We'll live forever in a city which has no death, no cemeteries, no funeral parlors, no hospitals, no cancer, no little child has leukemia, no little child is taking treatments for cancer, no broken hearts, no broken homes. This morning in my study, 
I've labored for weeks and weeks and weeks to salvage a marriage. Three and four hours a time, three or four times a week, probably 12 to 15 hours a week for a month trying to salvage a marriage. And this morning they walked out and I failed and it looks like their marriage is gone. Hallelujah. Thank God where I'm going, there'll be none of that anymore. Glory to God for the city. Did you hear the good news? There's a heaven. Golden streets and gates of pearl. I have heard of a land. On a far away strand, tis the beautiful home of the soul, built by Jesus on high, and there we never shall die. Tis a land where we'll never grow old. My little mother, my little mother was just on the borderline of the city limits between earth and heaven. I went to her bedside and she looked up at me and she said, Son, I want you to know how proud of you I am. She said, you far exceeded all of my dreams, my boy. She said, son, I'm going to heaven in a few minutes. Read me some scriptures about heaven. And I stood there beside my little mother's bed, and I couldn't read because my eyes were filled with tears. But I began to quote scriptures about heaven. And my mother said, let's sing about it now. And my mother and I sing about the same way, about like Cheever does. And my mother and I, we joined and sang together. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the sky. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. And my little mother looked up and she said, son, can you see him? And I said, see who, Mother? She said, there he is right there. Can't you see him? And I said, Mother, who is it you're seeing? She said, there's Jesus right there. Can't you see him, son? As she stood on the city limit sign looking back to see me in, in the heavenly city to see the face of the Savior. And my mother said, son, there's Uncle Roy and Aunt Octa. There's Uncle Harvey and Aunt Jimmy and Uncle Basil and Aunt Gareth. And there's my... There's my firstborn. She never walked. She never talked. She never said, Mama. She never said, Daddy. I sat by her bed for seven years. Our little spastic body ached and cried. There she is. There's Laureen. Son, she's walking. She's running. She's normal. And there's Hazel, our second child, who also died when she was seven. And my sweet little mother looked up to Hazel and Laureen and looked back to me and she said, Hazel and Laureen, you never have met your brother, have you? I don't know what they said. <laughs> she said, this is your brother Jack, Hazel and Laureen. She said, Jack, you never have met your sisters, have you? I said, no, ma'am. <laughs> she said, Jack, this is Hazel and this is Laureen. I said, good night. Why don't you talk about that at McDonald's? Why don't you talk about that between French fries? Why don't you talk about that between the onion rings? Publish it not! Publish
Publish it not about Saul who's fallen in battle. Publish it not about those who defected. Publish it not about those who are wounded. Publish it not about those who are dead in battle. Publish it not. Publish the good news and not the bad news. Did you hear the good news? Did you hear the good news that there's no hell for the child of God? Did you hear the good news that my sins are blotted out? Did you hear the good news that God will not impute my sins to me or yours to you? Did you hear the good news? He left us his word, the King James Bible, they call it. Did you hear the good news? He gave us the Holy Spirit to indwell us and comfort us and strengthen us and lead us and guide us. Did you hear the good news? He started his church, the local church that is, which is the only one where we can meet like this and praise the Lord together. Did you hear the good news? Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Did you hear the good news? Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Did you hear the good news? Philippians 4, 19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Did you hear the good news? John 14, 1 said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Were it not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place to you, and if I go and prepare a place to you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there, ye be also glory to God. Hallelujah and praise the Lord. Hey, did you hear the good news? Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. Did you hear the good news? Revelation 21, 2 says, And I, John, saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Did you hear the good news? John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Did you hear the good news? Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I'll answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Did you hear the good news? I'm going to wear a white robe forever and ever in the holy city. Did you hear the good news? The name Jack Fraser Hiles is written tonight in the Lamb's Book of Life in indelible ink written with the blood of Jesus Christ and it cannot be erased. Did you hear the good news? I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Publish it not. Let's leave this place to shut up about the bad news and hear all the good news. Amen. Publish not the fallen. Why don't we talk about those still standing? When you're prone to blame or to talk, talk bad or publish the bad news about a fallen one, why don't you stop and praise God for this guy here that's still standing? Amen. Let me tell you tonight about that couple in Romania they walked the aisle in First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. They came down the aisle and they said they wanted to get saved. And somebody asked them, where are you from? They said, Romania. I said, do you live here now? No, we just came over. What'd you come for? So we came to visit First Baptist Church of Hammond, all the way from Romania. Why did you come to First Baptist Church of Hammond? They said, because all over Romania, people know that that's where you come to get saved. Did you hear the good news? They went back to Romania, and a steady stream of Romanian people kept flying over to get saved at First Baptist Church of Hammond. They came here first, but didn't work, and they came on to Hammond. (laughs) 
They said they wanted to hear the original sermons that Trevor preaches. So I gave them Spurgeon's book and sent them home. Did you hear the good news about the merciful God? His mercy endureth forever. Did you hear the good news about amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me? Did you hear the good news about his love? Did you hear the good news about his mercy? Did you hear the good news about his patience and long suffering? Did you hear the good news that I got saved? Did you hear the good news that one Saturday night, my drunken father came home three o'clock in the morning and big giant of a fellow, six foot three, and one of the strongest men I ever met, took his fist and hit my little mother in the mouth and knocked some teeth out and she sprawled across the floor. She crawled back with, with blood dripping out of her mouth and teeth on the floor and she put her little arms around my hundred pound woman, put her arms around my daddy's feet and looked up and said, I love you, Effie. I love you, Effie. Did you hear the good news? My daddy hit her again and knocked her across the room and she hit her head on, on a door. A big knot swelled up on her head and she crawled on her hands and knees back to my daddy and put her arms around him and said, I love you, Effie. I love you, Effie. And I cowed in the corner and I said, one of these days I'm going to grow up and I'm going to make a queen out of that woman. I did grow up. I didn't make a queen out of her. I found out she was already a queen. I just bought her a crown and a robe and a scepter. But that night, I, I knelt on a little bridge going from the church across a little ravine up to the backyard of the Affirmative Baptist Church. And I knelt there and I said, Dear Jesus, if you'll take a little boy whose daddy's a neighborhood drunk, who lives in poverty, if you'll take me, I'll take you as my Savior. I'll sing it. I'll tell it wherever I go. I want all to hear it. I want all to know the joy of salvation that makes my heart glow. For I've been born again. I've known all the great preachers in two generations. Dr. John Rice and I traveled for 22 years together, stood on the same platform side by side over 2,200 times and preached together across America and around the world. I never had a friend outside my own family like Dr. John R. Rice, greatest Christian I ever knew outside my mama. I preached his funeral sermon. I knew him well. Lester Olaf and I were friends since we were kid preachers. When nobody knew us outside our own counties, we called each other every Monday morning and discussed the Sunday services the day before. I preached his funeral as I did Dr. Rice's funeral. Bob Jones Sr. and I were dear, dear, close friends. For many years, we shared pulpits together. Dr. Ford Porter, the most famous tract writer, tract writer in America, wrote the most famous tract ever, tract ever written. I preached his funeral service. He and I were close, dear friends. Dr. Lee Robertson and I have known each other for many years and we're to this day are very close friends. Dr. Bill Rice and I were close friends, very dear close friends. I spoke at his funeral service. Dr. G.B. Vick, the founder and leader of the Baptist Bible Fellowship and I were good friends and traveled together many times. In fact, he preached his last sermon with me in Rochester, Michigan. The last time he preached, he preached on heaven 
He preached first. He walked down. I walked up, and as I walked up, I said, Dr. Vic, I never heard you preach like you preached tonight. I did not know he was preaching on heaven, but he wasn't telling what he thought. He's telling what he was seeing as he was looking over to where he's about to go. He went to heaven before he preached another sermon. I've seen their humanity. I've seen these great men. I've seen their humanity and, 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 and their transparency. Brother Lester Roloff was preaching one night at a church I pastored in Texas. Dr. John Rice was sitting over here, and Dr. Bob Jones Sr. is sitting over here. And I was sitting right in the middle between them, and Lester Roloff was preaching the only sermon he had, What's Wrong with Television? <laughs> he got it from Dean Miller, I think. But anyway, <laughs> he is preaching. Every, every time Lester preached, he read, he read some text, and then he preached on What's Wrong with Television? After about two and a half hours of it, he was cutting it loose, you know, the antennas, the mark of the beast, and other theological tidbits coming from scriptural exegesis. And right in the middle of that lambasting everything on television, old Dr. Bob Jones Sr., he talked, he did this a lot. He leaned over, patted Dr. John over me, and patted Dr. John Rice on the knee, and he said, Dr. John, Dr. John, Dr. John. Brother Rice said, what is it, Brother Bob? And Brother Bob said, Dr. John, I don't care what Brother Olaf says, I still like I love Lucy. <laughs> I saw their humanity. I saw their feet of clay. I knew them well. Dr. Rice and I were together in College Park, Maryland, preaching. Dr. Rice was always on time, never late, never a minute late, always early, never late. And if you came to get him a minute late, he wouldn't speak to you all the way to church. And while he's waiting for you, he'd walk like this. And Dr. Rice, eye impediment, he couldn't look at his watch like this. He had to always bring it up like this. And while he's waiting on you, if you were a, a bit late, he was going like this. And you finally got there. He wouldn't say hello. He wouldn't say, how are you doing? He sat down, wouldn't say a word to you. Just kept doing like that. Till you got the idea you were late. One night in College Park, Maryland, he was late. I've been preaching 20 years with Dr. Rice, never seen him a minute late. We suppose he picked up at 6, at 6.10, he wasn't there. I said to our driver, something's wrong. I went and knocked on his door. Dr. Rice always took a nap every afternoon. Took his clothes off, put his pajamas on, and, and went to bed for one hour every afternoon. Well, that afternoon he'd overslept. <laughs> I knocked on the door at 10 after 6. Service started at 6.45. He came to the door in his pajamas. It was wintertime. It was already dark. He thought it was Wednesday morning and time to go to the airport. He said, oh, my, we've got to go to the airport. I said, Dr. Rice, we're not going to the airport. We, you preach first tonight. In 35 minutes, the service starts. In 45 minutes, you'll be up preaching. He said, ah, that's funny. We've got to get to the airport. I said, Dr. Rice, we're not going to the airport. Ah, <laughs> got to go to the airport. <laughs> he put on his clothes. He packed his bag. He got his briefcase, came out to the car with everything packed, ready to go to the airport. I said, Dr. Rice, where are you going? He said, got to hurry if he gets there on time. I said, Dr. Rice, you're going to preach in just a few minutes. You got to be up preaching. I said, Dr. Rice, you got to snap out of this. He said, got to snap out to the airport. Got to go to the airport. The driver drove us to the church. Dr. Rice said, what are we stopping here for? I said, Dr. Rice, it's 20 minutes to 7. 
in 15 or 20 minutes, you'll be up there preaching. You've got to preach. He said, got to go to the airport. I said, Dr. Rice, I don't want to do this, but I got to. And I hope God won't strike me dead when I do it. And I took him to the little side Sunday school room. I took my hand like this and whacked him across the face like that and whacked him across the face like that. And the old soldier of Calvary looked up and said, thanks, I needed that. I knew him well. I was sitting on the platform one morning at First Baptist Church of Hammond. Brother Olaf was ready to preach. Brother Olaf never studied. He read his Bible. You could always tell in, in, in January he preached from Genesis. In December he preached from Revelation. He'd just read the Bible every day and then talk about it that night. Talk. We were sitting on my platform one Sunday morning at First Baptist Church of Hammond. He looked over and said, Brother Jack, I'm proud of myself today. I said, why, Brother Lester? He said, Brother Jack, I've got something I never had before. I said, what you got, Brother Lester? He pulled out a little card about that size. He said, an outline. I looked at it, had eight little anemic words there. He preached for an hour and a half, never mentioned a one of the words. I've seen their heartaches. I've heard Dr. Rice cry himself to sleep at night. I've seen him try to eat a meal in Johnson City, Tennessee, and he couldn't eat because somebody had forsaken him. I saw Brother Dr. D. Robertson voted out of his denomination. I saw Lester Roloff voted out of his denomination. I saw them lose their wives to death, these great men. I saw, I saw some of their children break their hearts. I saw them in jail. I saw them attacked by the government. I even saw some of these giants have domestic problems and marital problems. I've seen them go through church splits, but I never saw one of them down. I never saw one of them defeated. I come tonight to say with the king of old, publish it not. Aren't you ashamed? Aren't we ashamed of all the times we've said things? I don't mean we tried to hurt anybody. There's something about us that makes us want to be the first one to tell somebody about something that's happened. But we can get forgiven for that like we can for smoking or drinking. I come tonight to say publish it not. A couple that divorced, maybe you'll get to marry him again. An old man traveled a lone highway. He came to the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim for that sullen stream had no fear for him. But he paused when he reached the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Good friend, said a fellow traveler near, you're wasting your time in building here. Your journey will end with the ending of day. You must never again pass this way. Why pause you at even tide to build a bridge vast and wide? 
Good friend, said the old man, lifting his head, there cometh after me, he said, a youth who also must pass this way. He too must cross in the ending of day. He too must pass in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. It's been 45 years almost since a little 17-year-old boy, 18-year-old boy was licensed. Oh, it's been 45 years since I was a 21-year-old boy started pastoring a Testament church. It's been 48 years since the 17-year-old boy walked the aisle who weighed 92 pounds and said, God wants me to be a preacher. Please forgive me if I say this. I've tried to build a few bridges for you guys. I really have. A while ago, as he was reading that list of things, my, my, heart, my, my mind was filled with memories. I hope it's easier for you than it would have been if I hadn't come along. But I want to tell you what an old man can say tonight. You're going to have your heart broken again and again and again. Your deacons are going to forsake you some. People that you've loved and given your heart to are going to turn aside. Fellows who fought side by side in the trenches with you are going to defect. Let's don't talk about it. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is he. The Lord of lords supreme through all eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not. The daughters of the Philistines will hear and rejoice. The enemy will rejoice, and others will crumble and fall and stumble in the battle. Publish it not, but publish the glad tidings of a living, risen, a crucified, risen, ascended, interceding, coming Savior. Let's leave this place to build great churches and to fight the battle. Look over and see one of our friends who stumbled a bit and maybe defected for a while. Let's don't publish it. Let's rush to him like the white corpuscles of the, of, the, of the Spirit. And let's try to lift him and encourage his heart. And maybe get him back. Maybe he can't be in the infantry anymore, but he might be in the quartermaster corps. Maybe he can't fly the planes and drop the bombs. But maybe he could work in the medics. Or maybe he could work in the motor pool. And then while we're at it, let's spend our time telling the good news. Publish it not. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.